0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's Monday, September 12th, in the year 2022, and for those of us on the East Coast, which includes me right now, we're already in Tuesday, which is really, if you're on the East Coast, don't take this personally, but I'm really going to be happy to get like to Central and back to Pacific time, because these shows get brutally late, man. I would really respect all you guys that hang out till the very end, but man... This is like, by the time it finishes, it's like 2 a.m. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get up. Whew. Anyway, hey, remember to, um, that your pillows are important for sleep. And the best place to get your pillows, as a guy who's been traveling across the country, sleeping in hotels every night for the last three weeks, trying out hotel pillows, uh, my answer is my pillows are still the best pillows. And the only place you're going to get my pillows is at mypillow.com because all the big franchises out here have decided to blacklist MyPillow. And in in spite of that, all those franchises are going out of business. Isn't that too bad? Bed, Bath, and Beyond dropped 150 stores. And that's sometime after they boycotted MyPillow, which means we're winning. But anyway. But anyway, head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. MyPillow.com forward slash bars. The pillows are there along with other great and amazing products. So you've got the Giza cotton sheets and the Parcal sheets. They're two different but very excellent sheets for the bed. They've got the mattresses that are on sale right now, which are awesome. So you can get the whole equipment set up. I mean, like you can do mattress frame mattress. You can do mattress box spring if you want. You've got mattress covers, you've got sheets, you've got blankets, you have comforters, you have pillows, and then when you get out of bed, you slip on your slippers, and you race into the bathroom, and you take a shower, and you get out, and you have my pillow slippers and my towels to dry you off. <laughs> it's the whole package, man, how to start your day. And they've got my pajamas in there somewhere, I'm sure, which they do. So, head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. Take it from a guy who's sleeping on my pillows at home and traveling across the country. There's no better pillow. There's really no better sheets. There's no better mattresses. I love what they offer. And you're buying from a company that loves America. You can't get really much better than that. Mypillow.com forward slash bards. Promo code bards. And of course, if you want to speak to a Patriot pillow counselor, all you do is you dial 800 975 2939. 800 975 2939. And one other comment just on this, and just because we do have a new sponsor of the show, I'm not going to give you the whole pitch, but do check them out. Itarget Pro, itargetpro.com and your promo code there is Bards. That's a really awesome system to be able to be able to shoot and learn practice shooting without having to go to the range using a laser projecting bullet. It's really awesome. So check it out. it's really cool and I'll talk more about that in the week. So I think, you know, as I sat here tonight and kind of having some conversations earlier just with just amazing conversations that come out with wonderful people. And really what I've been reflecting on is this whole weekend because, in fact, I called the resistance chicks a bit earlier and they're still here and I'll talk to them tomorrow. But we've been kind of playing phone tag today. Um, Did have an opportunity today to have lunch with them and the um, Banners for Freedom folks, which are awesome. And that's another thing I'm just mentioning because that was breaking news earlier. Super cool breaking news, which is that there's going to be a Bards FM live digital banner ad on times square this week and it it reads it, it is so cool because it, it it's um it will read in the end god wins com, and then it goes into bow and then it says bards of war so really awesome and that's going to be up there I think, I think it says by Wednesday it'll start playing, Wednesday morning. And then we're going to get a real live video of it so that I can post that and we, we can dance around and say, look at us, look at us. We were on Times Square. We're bringing God to Times Square, and we are. We're, I swear we're going to shake New York right at its core. If you have to really think about that, isn't that awesome? Like we're going to bring God to Times Square. I'm good on that one. hope everyone else is too. Go right where the enemy's strongholds are and break them up. So I just want to kind of do a recap, and I've done some. I'm going to be honest with you. I I did not listen to Friday nights. I didn't listen after I did it. Friday nights, Fishers, and last night's Fishers. I've had good reports from you, and I appreciate that, Patriots. I'm going to be totally honest. I did Fishers Friday night, and I did Fishers Sunday night. I have no idea. I can't even hardly remember those shows. I was so tired. I literally said, God, I just need you to help me finish this. And there's times that I I was barely able to get through the show because I was losing track. I was so tired because it was long days. But this last weekend was, was an amazing weekend. And in fact, this entire trip has been an amazing trip. And what I really just want to kind of zero in on is listening to God a lot. And I been doing that, and, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I've I've really looked at myself over this last three years, and I think most everybody has the same feedback, at least the people I've talked to. When we really started this show, it was very heavy on knowledge and, and political intel, and I can do that. I mean, that's not, and it's not, and I don't want you to get the sense that that's ever going to go away, because I think that's an important part of the discussion. But what's really amazing for me to watch in this transformation that's really happening within is as we're walking this together and as I am walking this with you and I'm walking this with Jesus, I guess maybe in a certain sense it's as easy as saying that I'm becoming so much more comfortable in the relationship and the walk with Jesus where I'm totally turning everything over to God. And as a result, the message transforms. And this is very reflective of our lives. We have been in a crazy war. We dated back to 2015, where you really start to see the rise of President Trump as this countermeasure. It's a crazy war. And I think one of the things we have to get real with is what the expectations of this war are. So with that, we have to, as we are changing in time, so is so the nation changes with us. So our eyes on the problem change. So our expectations change on what we're looking for. What I was looking at in 2015, when I was looking at in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, what I was looking at those times were progressively different in priorities. And when we got to, and even though we've always had God on this platform, I would say the balance in the beginning was God was a small amount and the the intricacies of the stories and the, and the research of the news and back-end stories of what's going on with the cabal was the big 90%. Today there's days that, I literally feel the pull just to do a 90% show on God, which is why Fishers is wonderful, but equally on Bard's FM, And that's hitting me more and more. And that's because God's moving and calling us to do this. And because if we're going to be honest with ourselves, the only way through this fight and the only way we are going to win is if we put it all into God's hands. And that means truly trusting it. So as you know, this trip that I'm on started. It really kind of started to incubate after Bard's Fest because one of the things people asked right away was, "When are you going to do another Bard's Fest?" And Leah and Michelle of the Resistance Chicks got hold of me shortly after Bard's Fest, and they said, "Look, we we want to do a Bard's Fest, so we want to do one on the East Coast," and that was the initial discussion. And as I prayed on this, I'm like, okay. First of all, they said we need your help, and I said, well, I can give you some guidance, but you're perfectly capable of doing it. I kn- I know their reputation; they're hardworking, they do great work, and I'm just very b- honored and blessed that they were they included me in some of their planning processes. But those two ladies pulled off an amazing three it was Thursday night to Sunday, so that's three solid days of a. A very complex um, gathering because, in, unlike Bard's where everything was in one location, or unlike any of these other festivals, this was at different locations in the town of Plymouth. So we, they had to, you know, they do something for a while, and then people would have to get in their cars and go drive. So if, if you've never done things like this, whether it's a big festival or whether you something like this. You have to do a ton of planning and you have to have the right people in the right places. They've got speakers. It was flawless here. And that speaks volumes to their planning and their time and what they put in. And as a result, when that sort of thing happens without a hitch, the focus is where it needs to be, which is where it was, which is literally on the covenants and on God, most importantly God. And there's tremendous speakers here. And there's some tremendous experiences here witnessing the power of God. Now, I am, you know me well enough if you've listened to me here. I have always been very cautious on prophetics. I do not jump in the middle of that. And yet I'm, what I've witnessed and what I've experienced, I I'm not going to throw the title around of, I'm not going to throw this, you know, ideas of prophetics around, but I've witnessed the power of God's word in both my own life and in others that are opening doors that only he can open. And a lot of that's coming from the trust, casting aside the titles. And I think this is an important piece. And it is important because I, I do not like people assuming a title of a prophetic any more than I like somebody telling me that they're an expert in some subject because once you do that, you stop growing. You just you live into the title, but you stop living into the space of where you want to be. And quite frankly, I think that's how God would want it anyway. He's, he'll speak to all of us in our heart, and that's something we have to really start getting a grip on is that he is speaking to all of us, not one of us, but all of us. And it's not some elite club. It's not supposed to be. I mean, it's just like hands-on healing, okay? And so I'm going to give a testimony on this tonight. And this is, it was one that I am, was taken with. And that's kind of like talking about this weekend in the sum up. We had you know the experience of one Native American that was here, which was Jimmy Muskrat. Jimmy um, fantastic speaker, he's deep in the, in the walk in Jesus, and he's been getting onto the reservations and bringing Christ in big revivals throughout all the big reservations of the nation. That message is very important because we are one nation under God, not one nation plus a bunch of reservations under God. Or, out, or accept a bunch of reservations, however you want to say that sentence, it's wrong because we are one nation under God. And that's like one of the five things I've talked about on this trip is healing first and last nations. We have to come together because that's the true America and the corporate America that's dividing us right now, that has to be taken away. It has to go. And each of us has a lot to contribute. And I would just say this, and one of the things that has happened in our culture, I see it even I might mean, see it around everywhere, is there's this enormous guilt that has been imposed upon white culture. And so white culture right now is a, to a large degree, a broken culture. It's been beat up, abused. It's been intentionally beat up and abused. It should be no different. We should all be equal and we all are equal in God's eyes. But white culture is guilt ridden. So there tends to be a lot of drama with white culture. An overcompensation for their guilt whenever they deal with other races, an overcompensation in their guilt with even prophetic's and and other things with, and I I, it, I just kind of shake my head and I'm like, look, every culture has done their wrongs, and we are we happen to be the most current event of that the most current episode of that the white culture, but let's get real. Every culture has done their wrongs. Every culture has done slavery. So to say that, for example, like, oh, whites are slave owners, yeah. And so were blacks and so were we were all in our ancestors at one point or another subjected to slavery. So let's get our poop together and, and knock off the games and start being real about what God's demanding of us, and I don't say that lightly, is that God is asking us to come together as a people. So that means we've gotta start burying the, the hatchet, and I'm using that intentionally, because I, I mean, I, and <laughs> I can already hear somebody left going, that was cultural appropriation. Sure as hell it was, and I'm sure proud of it. Yes, bury the damn hatchet, and let's get rid of these blood rifts and let's grow up and let's start acting like God's children, the royalty of God's children, kings and princes that we are, and queens. And that's the right type of queens. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, there's so many loaded words. I'm sorry. I could be the snarkiest dude on the planet. I go like, because here I go, I'm like kings and princes and, and and Queens. And then the first thing that comes to mind, it's like, that's not one of you Queens that are in the gay lesbian movement. Sorry. You ain't counting on this one. So anyway, God's probably sitting up here going, dude, would you knock it off and get to the message? I'm like, yes, sir. Right on it. <laughs> and it's always, and I always hear this in my head. I'm like, yeah, but you made me. And he's like, I know, I know that's the problem. Sometimes I'm like, come on, man. You, I love God. He's so cool. He's so cool. And we have such great conversations. We really do. And that's just it. And Patriots, my testimony first here, and just before I get into this other part, is in this trip, over these last three years, as you have walked this with me and as we have walked this beautiful walk together, I have found an unbelievable love and freedom and excitement and joy in Jesus like I never imagined. And it was there when I started. It's not like it's new. It's not like it just suddenly went ding, oh, guess what? Not at all. It's just that it it's gotten deeper. And it's gotten so deep that I I really have found myself laughing more than I have being morose, which is as Christ would want us. Christ was not morose, he was focused, he was an amazing warrior, but he had joy in his heart. And unfortunately, we never really get to see Christ's joy. But you can't tell me he didn't have joy and laughter with his disciples and with others. I mean, look, I, I've told you this before, and I don't know how many of you have actually done this, but I have sat with strippers who are also prostitutes, and I've talked to them, and I'm telling you, if you just let the conversations go, you end up in some of the funniest, snarkiest, <laughs> wrong things that are said in the with a good heart. And you just shake your head and go, wow, Lord, we are really just funny people. And I say that because you know that Christ is sitting there. And by the way, don't get any bad ideas like I was doing some sort of peddling. I was literally doing a photo story on these folks to tell a story. So don't be like, was Barnes out there soliciting sex with a prostitute? I need to know this right now. I'll probably get an email like this. It'll be the dumbest thing ever. I'll be like, sorry, I haven't done a testimony on that yet. It's not episode, but I'll just take episode 64 and run with that one and see if that carries you over. So don't get your panties in a wad. Just telling you. But anyway, here we're back to the story. So you know that that Christ is sitting there. And you know that he's talking to some people. And I always laugh about this because it is going to be inappropriate language. And you know that he's going to sit there and he's going to laugh a bit and smile a bit. It's because it's going to be stuff that comes out that is really out of place. And yet it's truly sincere and it would be loving for him, but it would be stuff that we would never want to say. And yet, and how do we know this? And I can prove it in one simple sense, simple example It's when he's on the cross and he saves the thief because he never stops listening to them. And he's always so he's always looking for those that are honest in heart. And that's the big thing here is as we as we walk deeper within Christ and we get truly honest in our heart. I mean, there are doors opening like no one can open. So I'm I'm in this place right now, which is really beautiful And I mean, I just, and I literally, it's like this sort of almost evangelic want to share mode, but trust me, I'm not knocking on your door and I'm not telling you you're going to hell next week because you didn't go to church. So don't worry about that. That's not happening. But it is a, it is really amazing when we're walking out here and we're walking with Jesus in such a profound way. And you come through a weekend like this and you sit around and you're, you're meeting amazing people and you're having amazing experiences and they're transformative and they change you in big ways. So this is the story I want to share with you because I've had a lot of them over the weekend. Um, and just to highlight one before I get into the main I told you that I'm going to the Navajo reservation. I had no contacts going into the Navajo reservation. I know that I need them because you don't just drive on a reservation and go, yo, I'm a white guy. I'm here. What do you think? And they're going to be like, yeah, we did that once before. Get off our reservation. That's not the way I'm going to do it. So on the way out here, I kind of put it to God. I'm like, Hey God, I don't have any commerce. I don't have any contacts with, with the Navajo. I need, I need contacts with the Navajo patriots. Let me tell you what happened briefly on this story. I have now been, I have met one of the guys that has been leading, been part of the revivals on the Navajo reservation. And he's going to introduce me to the president of the Navajo reservation. I have met the intercessor of the Navajo reservation who wants to introduce me to the president of the Navajo reservation. And Jimmy Muskrat has said that he will help me walk onto this sacred space on the Navajo reservation as he will lay, he will open the doors for me. And I've been invited to another conference, which is a, is a week from this weekend and it's in Oklahoma, I believe. And it's with all the leaders, a bunch of the leaders of the different reservations. And I've been asked to join the, join the, the revival there. You see, none of that happened. I didn't even know this was going to happen. All of this happened over the weekend. And all I did was just trust in God and said, okay, God, I trust this is where you want me to go. And boom, I mean, doors flew open, flew open. So now I'm going to share with you something, that, and if you know me, this is a huge, huge deal. Okay, so I'm going to start by saying this. I have been, like, when you talk about prophetics and you talk about, like, the the big spiritual healers, you know, and I have, that's like one of those that I go, oh, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, but <laughs> you're... Lay my hands on me. I'm going to shock your butt across the room, and you're going to be healed, and you're going to crawl, you're going to fly, you're going to walk, whatever you're going to do, right? And I'm just like, no. And so this is, I don't do it, okay? And I don't do snakes. <laughs> That's another one. Put the snake around you, heal you. I'm like, no, don't put that snake around me. I will cut its head off. Don't come near me with that damn thing, Okay. And, you know, and a lot of this is, I'm not going to denounce or deny that, you know, some are healed. But I'm highly suspect of the stage theatrics. I don't do it. And I don't think that's the way God wants us to do anyway. And I I think a lot of it's just learned. And I think the way people do it is they think they have to do it that way because that's how somebody else did it. And it's like, well, Jesus didn't do it that way, so let's chill. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you a true story I'm going to go through this. You take it. You leave it. I'm not telling you anything other than what happened. I'm witness to an event here in my life that's been transformative. I want you to hear it because I think in this core of this whole story, it's the power of God in the most amazing ways as we witness before us and what he gives to us. And it all centers on John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, The works that I do, He will do also, and greater works than these He will do, because I am going to the Father. So I want you to remember that, because this whole story is John fourteen twelve in action. So before I left, and of course over the course of the trip, a number of people I highly trust—pastors, people that are just solid in faith that I that I trust and I and I work with regularly. A couple have told me that there, we are coming to an age of where we are going to be called to lay hands on people and truly heal. And so the word is was given to me: be prepared. So I, I'm like, okay. So I'm I'm like praying on this, and I and God's kind of giving me the nudge, It's like, yeah, it's time. You got to be prepared to do healing. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea how to do this, Lord and i don't like theatrics and i'm i'm really not too much into this but okay so i get to this event and there's a, a young man that has traveled from portland oregon and he he lives in a he's a really amazing survivor in life let's leave it like that and he's he had gone to, he suffered a, a horrific plane crash when he was a very, very young boy. That left him with a lot of very deep scars. Not physically, but emotionally and mentally because he witnessed some horrific deaths in this, in this burning plane crash. I didn't know this person. He was going to see a, a medical specialist in Houston. And um, he heard that I was going to be at this event. So he took a train from Houston all the way up to Plymouth, Massachusetts to come and see me. Now, Patriots, I'm just going to tell you, first of all, that's very humbling, okay? I'm, I'm just telling you honest story. And I don't really know what to do with this because I've walked this path because I love Jesus. I walk this path because I love Bard's Nation. It's what's evolved. And I continue and will continue to walk it because it's just, it's just wonderful people. So it's a little, I, for me, if you know me, that's a, it, it's not an easy thing for someone to say to me, I've come all this way to see you. It's humbling, but I, it's not something that I'm like, oh, cool. Can I sign your hat? I mean, I don't do that, right? And so we, as I know, I had to kind of process it. And so I found some time and he and I set aside and he started to tell me a story. And he took out a, he'd been walking around and so forth. And I, and he says, I have something to give you. I want you to see it. And he he moves through his backpack and he pulls out a, a manila envelope. And he says here, and I'm watching him. And I said, do you have a hard time seeing? He says, I'm, I'm pretty much blind now. I said, I couldn't tell that. He goes, I don't let people see or know. So I read through the court case and it's, it's a court case that he's had. And it's very real what's happened to him. I mean, I, th- I think he was using that as a lot of validation just to prove to me what his story was, was true. And he tells me his whole story, which I'm not gonna go in in all detail, but I will just tell you that it was a very traumatic event in a plane crash. And that what he's discovered in the medical issues is that years later, even though they gave him a settlement, his optic nerve has tears in it on both eyes and he's losing his sight. And I, I could see in his eyes that they were kind of grayish, like they had cataracts in them. Please remember that point. We'll come back to it. So we had to, we had to stop because I had to go speak. And so later in the evening, we were at the final evening of speaking, and we had just had dinner downstairs, really nice dinner that the resistance chicks put on. And I, I had the absolute joy of being able to be one of the servers. And it was just wonderful, because I got a chance to talk to everybody and see everybody, and it was wonderful. So after they, they cleaned up the kitchen, and I went upstairs and I got this young man, and I said, let's go downstairs and let's sit. Now, and this is before then, I'm, I'm sitting with Leah, and I'm telling her about this, and I'm like, you know, I think God has put on my hand on, on me today and this, I should go back because when he sat down, he said, I was blind. I literally had this moment. So I have to go back to that first meeting. I apologize. The story's jumping around a little bit, but bear with me. And I, I mean, I'm talking, I'm looking here. And I'm like, I'm sitting before someone who can't see Lord. You have literally thrown me into the fire. What do you want me to do? And. I just kind of hear it's like time to heal, Scott. I'm like Father. I don't know how to heal. And and how I hear is, you got to trust in Jesus. I'm like, okay. So we go out and I sit with Leah before I go downstairs and I share a little bit with her and she's, and she looks at me and she's like, wow, what happened? She says, something just opened for you. And literally my eyes are filling with tears. I said, it's time for me to go. I got to go downstairs and sit with him. And so we sat and we talked and we talked for about an hour roughly. And the story was really amazing because he was, he's still very new to Jesus in his relationship with Christ. He can't, can't read the Bible. He's carried a Bible with him for two years in his backpack. He finally got the audio Bible downloaded, and he listened to the entire, audio, the entire Bible on the trip out. And so he's new to Jesus, but his heart's right. And so um, give me a second. So um, I did what I've never done. I've never done this. I just trusted in God. I just, I stood up and I, I, I put my hands on each side of his head where he had described to me where the, where he, his optic nerve was damaged. And I just prayed and I just talked to Jesus and we prayed. And we prayed and he and he, it was just powerful. And he, he cried. And then we talked some more and then we prayed some more with Jesus. And I had this you know, and I think the point here that I was really you have this performance issue that gets on you, it's and it's like it's like what happens if nothing happens? That's literally like the word. Like what happens if nothing happens? And that's the wrong question. I will just tell you right now. It's the wrong question. Because God does not ask us to perform. He asks us to pray. And I realized that through that moment and through an amazing conversation I had later with Brad Cummings, who's just an amazing friend and mentor in this whole thing, and so as I'm sitting there I just hear that it has begun. And and so we, we said our I left him asked him if he was good. He said yeah, I'm I'm good. And um so I went um upstairs and we said our good night. And then the next day, Sunday, we have a outdoor, beautiful prayer service. And I'm really very comfortable and he's been left with some big considerations to think about and kind of what Christ spoke through me is that in this walk in life we have to make a choice. And the problem is that many times we get stuck in a trench and we're we're fighting the same fight in the same trench over and over. But if we really want to be set free we have to put eyes on Christ and we have to say goodbye to that story. We can never look back again. And once we do that and we let it go, it ceases to control us and we cease to be freed with true liberty through the blood of Christ. Our shackles are broken and we're free. And so that was kind of what was put on the, the message for him. So the next day, I see him and I, I and it's really one of these things at this point that I feel very respectful of his space cuz I can tell he's processing. And the ser- the whole service it was a beautiful service it was all just about the covenant and we signed the covenant and we had a, an amazing moment where we brought all the children up in front of everybody and and it was so awesome because they're out playing and we I felt like, the, I swear I felt like the Pied Piper. I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Getting them all up. But they all came up really nicely on stage. Or on, up front, it's not on stage. And we had Jimmy Muskrat pray over them. And what an amazing moment where you have someone from the Native Americans praying Jesus with the youth of the future. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. What a blessing. So as we're leaving... To go to the next location, this young man comes up to me. Now, you remember what I said about his eyes? I said they were kind of gray and cloudy. Remember that. Patriots, I'm telling you now what I witnessed. As he comes to me and he thanks me and says goodbye, his eyes are bright blue. No cloud anymore. And I hear in Jesus, it says this. He says, he's healed when he's ready to see. Oh, what a beautiful moment. What a beautiful moment. You see, when I talk about a weekend that's profound and it's changing, this is what we're talking about. I, I know this. I know that. I've talked this scripture, John fourteen twelve, over and over, and I believe it. I believe it in all my heart. I don't know how it manifests, but what I know now is that Father's leading it. And he's leading it because and he's telling me that you gotta do it. So I have a conversation with Brad Cummings today. And I'm sharing the story. Pastor Brad Cummings. And I'm sharing the story. And he is listening beautifully, and he's done a lot of this, and he's worked with people who have done a whole lot more of this. And I'm telling Brad, it's like Brad, I'm like I was ready to speed dial you yesterday, like dude, I don't know what I'm doing, and I just kind of caught myself, and I'm like, no. And I'm listening to God, He's like, you got to do this one on your own, like no more training wheels, buddy. You got to jump into the fire sometimes, and I'm like, all right, Lord, we got that, and so. That's all that transpired. And that's when Brad reminded me. He's like, Father doesn't ask us to perform miracles. Father asks us to trust in him and to pray. And then when he shared with me, was that, you know, many of the great healers in the world, the spiritual healers that are using Jesus, they have, they have said to him, it took over 2,000 times of laying on hands before they saw anything. Now think about that for a minute. Not once, not twice, not 20 times, over 2,000 times. I know we all have this in us. I know that we all have the capacity to heal. It is not Selective to some elite class. It's the gift that we are all given. It's in John 14, 12. And how that works with us, each of us has uniqueness. And each of us will have different manifestations of that. But we're not asked to perform, we're not asked to get on stage and do some great acrobatic trip by, trick by shocking somebody out of the room or somebody jumps up out of their wheelchair, whatever. If that happens, super. But that's not the point. The point is Father calls us to pray. And as we lay on hands and we pray for healing, then we have to trust in him to bring healing. And like this young man, healing comes when they are ready or when Father's ready. And it comes in forms we may not expect. This healing might take six months. It could take six years. It might take two days. It could be instant. But it doesn't change the mission. Lay on hands and pray for healing. And whatever we do, as I'm reminded very heavily in this, whatever we do, take away the expectations. We're not circus performers. And so if we are going to be that active agent, that remnant, then we must take the risk, the trust, the leap to lay our hands on and pray. And what's the worst possible thing that could happen? We did a prayer and God heard us and we did a prayer. That's the worst possible thing that could happen. And what's the greatest possible thing that could happen? Healing, whether spiritual or physical or both, will happen. This was a powerful weekend. And it's moved me deeply. It is shaping my way of seeing things in a deeper way, it's like it's energized the deeper understanding of the power of the sword, of of the spirit, I'm sorry, the power of the spirit, the sword of the spirit is what I'm trying to say. Because wielding that is truly like wielding a blade. You have to wield it with precision, you have to train with it, you have to practice, you have to make it a discipline. So remember that because this is what's been given to me I'm sharing. We need to lay on hands. If you want to heal and lay on hands, then lay on hands and do the healings. Don't just hold it off and say like, oh, I'm going to read a book or I'm going to meditate or I'm going to wait till God anoints it. You are anointed to do it now. It's in John fourteen twelve. It's in Luke ten nineteen. It's all right there. It's not like we have to wait for it. We just have to ask for it, and then we have to practice it and work with it. And as we do, we start to reclaim our place as we need to be of what we really are and who we are in this world. This isn't stunt shit stuff, and that's why I say I started out in the beginning. I can't stand these theatrics around healing. I really can't stand like, I'm very honest, I mean, I've witnessed many of it over time. You know, when I I see some of this dramatics over people intercessing and wailing and endlessly wailing, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'm really like this, and I'm sorry if that offends you, but I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, let's focus here. God isn't asking us to wail and wail and cry and all this. It's emotional touching Christ. It's emotional having Christ come through you. It's beautiful. It's powerful. There's tears. There's tears but also we have a God of joy and love and he wants us to celebrate, he wants us to live and he wants us to be excited about life. And he knows that there's pain, but it's like the simple message. Yeah, there's pain people, get over it. You're my children, get over it, stand up, heal yourselves and start walking as the royal blood that you are. So that's where we have to get to because we are carrying carrying all this guilt some of it's peddled by the churches. Some of it's this culture we're in. Like we need to feel guilty about everything. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I offend you? What did I say? Oh, I'm sorry. I called your latte a mate. I'm so sorry. You're offended. Oh, I'm sorry. You're eating sprouts, uh, and they're, they're 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 very specific sprouts. I didn't call them mung bean sprouts. I'm so sorry. I mean, it's everything we do. is Somehow we have to feel guilty about. Like, get a skin, man. Have compassion and love for our neighbor. Be courageous. Put some hands on people. Put a hand on a shoulder and pray with somebody. Put a hand on a, on, on their neck and pray for somebody. Somebody has an injury, pray on it. it don't sit here and, and tell them, like, I swear if I pray on you, you're going to get up and walk and it'll all be gone. I don't know what it'll do. But what I know is if our intent is there and we're talking and we're praying it, God's hearing it. And as God hears it, it's not on our time. It's on his time. And maybe the healing of the, of the injury, the physical injury, isn't the healing that needs to be done. Maybe it's the spiritual healing that needs to be done. And then the physical injury will just have to work itself out. We don't know how God works. And sometimes there's going to be like, there could be an event like this where you can see a transformation in 24 hours, which I witnessed myself. It's stunning. Stunning. And I really mean stunning. I was looking at eyes that were beautiful blue from the gray cloudiness they were from the day before. That's Jesus right there. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And and yet maybe it's, maybe the healing we see don't see it at all. And then maybe you encounter that person a year later and they're like, man, my life is so much better. And they won't, maybe they won't even link the two. You see, that's the beautiful thing. So the moral to the story is pretty simple. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Father. Have trust, faith, and courage to lay on hands and pray for healing. Drop the expectations of performance just know that we've been commanded and directed to pray and in so doing we occupy and we expand the kingdom can't get much better than that and oh that other little thing we decisively destroy and kill the enemy in the process which i'm really happy about i love it it makes me smile every time i do it so there's that little thing too which is cool very cool like super cool And that's it, all from a weekend. So, final point tonight, and I'm really gonna pump it up this week. Third week in October, third week in October. This is the Bards Nation's week of revival. I'm asking every Bards Nation person out there, get in your local community. Get with your churches or don't get with your churches. I don't care, set up a revival. And not just a revival, but a revival in the love of Jesus for this nation. This is what we need. Third week in October. And it means groundwork. It means homework for you. It means do-outs. It means, I don't care if it's three people, five people, 500 people, obviously the more the merrier, but here's the deal. As we know with Gideon, we only need, God only needs a few that are dedicated and true in their heart. So revivals, every county, we would love to see, we want to see every county led by a Bard's Coolness Nation person leading a revival of some fashion in the third week in October. That's the starting the weekend of the 22nd. So that launches us into November. And one last point on that. And we're going to add... Add to that the prayers for voting because the first vote that we cast is never in the ballot box. The first vote that we cast is through Jesus to the Father and it goes to the throne. So if we're going to be casting that vote there and we're praying for our nation, God can cast any votes he wants and stop anything else he wants. So this is us now getting ready for the biggest war we've ever waged. It is going to be massive. Because it's going to be the right massive. It's going to be the massive in the prayer realm, a spiritual realm, and we're going to be like knocking it on its keister all the way out the door. And that's the evil part of it. And we're going to be reclaiming dominion everywhere we go. Everywhere you touch, you would reclaim. And we will pray and we will heal and do that. Make a point of it. Take the risk. And by the way, if you see somebody that's that's hurting. Just take some moment to put some hands on and pray and heal from. Ask him, can I put hands on and, heal? and pray for you? Who knows what it'll do? But every one of us needs to be doing that, and we will win. Patriots, let's pray. I like praying. Father, I come to you tonight. Just very humbled, very blessed, with many, many thanks from our heart of all that you give and the profound blessings and anointing you've given us all. Father, we have struggled to accept much of what the gift is and please forgive us for that. And so much of that has been the lack of teaching or the lack of emphasizing the true nature of who we are. Father, we're ready to step into that place to heal, to put hands on and pray. And we don't know where that will lead to. But we know that you've commanded us to pray and we will pray. And in so doing, we will seek to heal as many as we can. And in so doing, we will occupy the land and we will expand the kingdom and we will reclaim all places that we touch will be reclaimed for the kingdom in your name. So Father, just guide us here. Bless us and we're so deeply humbled by what you've given. So thank you. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, the challenge is set before all of us. Accept or don't accept. I accept. And in this challenge... It's on. I mean, I see this as like the warfare is, is on now. Satan wants to try to screw people up. Not a chance. We're going to be there. Cast aside those silly notions of expectations. Embrace the command from Father to pray. Lay hands on and fight like crazy. Because we are ready for this war. We are ready for this time. And we will change the world one person at a time. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Pray, pray, pray. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. Patriots, we are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. Truly thank you. And out for now.
1: (gasps) Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest peace Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body Oh